So you're listening to this podcast. Maybe you want to make a podcast of your own. Well, Spotify for Podcasters lets you record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. So no matter what your setup is like, you can start creating today. Then you can distribute your podcast direct to Spotify. Everywhere else podcasts are heard as well. Video podcasts are also available on Spotify. And if you want to take the conversations of your fans to the next level, you can even do Q&As and polls direct through that same feed. Spotify for podcasters. Get it now. A week full of championship matches as both the champions, the TNT and the NXT champions, they both retained their titles this week. One on Vengeance Day, the other one on Dynamite. We're going to jump into both shows this week here on The Debrief with special guest Mihir Joshi joining us from WWE Commentary. Stick around. It's The Debrief right now on Sports Keto Wrestling. Watch out, watch out, watch out, watch out. It's Wednesday night and you know what time it is. It's time for The Debrief. Here on Sports Keto Wrestling. What's up, everyone? I'm Jose G. Next to me, the top Chico himself, Rico El Glorioso. And we're here. We're going to dive in deep really quickly into both AEW and NXT's Vengeance Day. Both shows were really good. We're going we're gonna to dive into that. Before we get started, make sure you guys are hitting like, share, and subscribe right now. Smash that notification bell if you're watching us on YouTube. We're well on our way to 26,000. We're only 200 subscribers away. So help us get there by smashing that notification bell so you don't miss whenever we drop brand new content. And also, if you're watching us on Facebook, give us the like emoji, the heart emoji. Engage with the show. That's really important. If you engage with the show, a lot more people watch it. Thank you to the thousands and thousands of you that have been tuning in every single week. We appreciate you and we love you. Later on in the show, we will be having Mahir Joshi, TV host and WWE commentator. Let me just move this way so you guys can see me. You got WWE commentator uh, in Hindi. So he's going to be joining us later on to talk about the Sports Kita Wrestling Awards and to give his take on NXT and AEW Dynamite. So make sure you guys tune in for that. It's going to be an awesome show. So Rico, what you think, bro? AEW Dynamite. I think Ugh. this show was really good. Um, for the fact that there wasn't like no title changes, no big returns or anything like that. It was just a solid show from a wrestling standpoint. The matches that they put on the opening promo with CM Punk sitting down in the middle of the ring, and now we know that we're gonna get a dog collar match here in Orlando on March 6th. I'm just even more hyped up about this pay-per-view. Now we know that we're gonna have a triple threat tag team title match at revolution there's going to be two battle royals going on to find out who's going to be the two number one contenders that are going to head in to revolution for that triple threat uh we also had an amazing tnt uh championship match tonight and an awesome no dq match with thunder rosa and mercedes martinez to be honest bro this was a pay-per-view caliber card tonight it's like they know there's something big on the horizon in about three weeks' time. And it's like you kind of have to build to that, right? Like you want to make sure you have the best storylines. You have all these feuds hitting their fever pitch at the right time. 
for a pay-per-view. Wow, it's crazy how that works. It's crazy how timing and how properly scheduling certain things work in your favor. And this is just the start of that. You're not rushing to tell these storylines. They've been built up over time. And now it's when we're starting to get really hyped. All these matches start to really find themselves as we get closer and closer to Revolution over in Orlando on March 6th. And this is what you got to do. They have. It looks like they have a good few weeks lined up of TV leading into pay-per-view. So, wow, it's crazy how that works, how booking can work really well for you when you kind of have an idea what you're building towards, huh? Yeah, man. And it was just a solid show all around. Not a whole lot of fillers, not a whole lot of promos. And when we did get promos or vignettes, they meant something. There was something really great. Example, Michael Campbell's watching us on Facebook saying, everybody see Buddy in the House of Black vignette. Kinda, he was really blurry in the background. So uh, we already heard earlier today from Fightful that Buddy Matthews is AEW bound. Which faction will he end up? Uh, I think this would be great. We've seen Malachi and Buddy go at it several times in WWE, but never together. I think this is going to be a great dynamic. We'll we'll jump into that today, man. But. Uh, let's start from the top of the show, man, because CM Punk delivered a, a a great, great promo, as as always. Uh, but it was to announce the time and place and the rules of the match that uh, he wants to have with MJF. He announced that he's going to have a dog collar match in Orlando. MJF came out to respond because CM Punk wanted him to come out to respond. And MJF was absolutely speechless. He left. Uh, so the crowd was hot. I thought that was good. What do you What do you think of the storytelling here between uh, Punk and MJF uh, heading into uh, Revolution? It's great. It, it was like a work of art. It was like a one man stage play. Because again, he sat. He was. Uh, he opened up the show sitting down in the middle of the ring, allowed the pipe bomb uh, promo that he dropped, and he did a really good like storytelling throughout, you know, talking about his return and MJF and all this stuff. And then again, just to bring it back, oh, Piper in Portland, Piper in Portland. And of course, this leads to the reveal of the dog collar match a la Rowdy Roddy Piper and Greg Valentine at Starcade 83 when they had their dog collar match. So I thought the whole storytelling part was really well done, especially when he brings up that picture of a young MJF at a meet and greet next to CM Punk. And then, all of that wrapping up to MJF coming out, and he has nothing to say. For the first time, he's actually speechless. He can't bring himself to say anything. So this is a great story, and it just keeps adding more into this feud. And think it's going to be a great dog collar match that we're going to see at Revolution. I completely agree. I think this should be this should be fun, um, which also kind of reminds me because you know he's. He, I think the line he said is like the, the only thing that's going to be on the mat is not tan. But your blood. Yeah. Now, going and referencing into blood, fast forwarding a little bit, you know, into the show, Daniel Bryan had Brian Danielson had an amazing match with Lee Moriarty. Very technical. It was, um, it, it was a really good match. Brian was able to get the win with a submission, very cocky one. Afterwards, he had a promo calling out Moxie to get a response from what he proposed a few weeks ago with teaming up. Mox responded. Um, and one thing that he said at the end of it, he's like, I don't know if I can stand by someone, by someone, if I haven't bled with them. Yeah. So 
I have a feeling that we are going to get a match between these two, but after this match is over, they are going to get together. I think this is going to happen. I I can feel it to my core. I feel it in my bones. I feel it deep in my heart. They're going to have an amazing matchup. But after John Mox, Moxley beats Brian Danielson, then he will join him. And that's what's going to happen. Mark my words. Won't happen. Hey, we'll see. But like you said, he's not saying yes, but he's not saying no. So I'm going to say the same when it comes to this eventual pairing of Mox and uh, Danielson, which Dory Jose JR has been doing it ever since he arrived in AEW. He's been calling him Daniel Bryan. So have I. We have all been doing it. It's going to keep happening for a good while. It happens multiple times in the, in the show. Uh, I love this uh, th- this this comment here by Stephen Chambers watching us on Facebook. Thank you again. As always, guys, we love you. Thank you for joining. And guys, make sure you're sharing tonight's show. Make sure you're sharing your favorite wrestling group. If you're watching on Facebook, if you're watching on YouTube, go ahead and share the link wherever you want on Twitter and your favorite social media. Go ahead and do that now. He says, Punk versus MJF dog collar match. Will this match live up to the hype? Comparing Piper versus Valentine and Cody versus Brody Lee. Both of these matches were very brutal. I don't know, man. It, it, it certainly has the ingredients to be a good match and to be a memorable one, especially with the storytelling they've been having with each other now for several, several months. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think, you know, WWE's way to kind of culminate this storyline is in the hell in the cell. And it looks like AEW's is the dog collar match. So yeah. we'll see if, if it lives up to it. I have no doubt that it'll be a good match. I think okay. it's going to be a, a very, very, very t- uh, much talked about. Yeah, I think it's going to be up there. Just like you said, just because of the feud that's been leading up to the match, plus the guys involved, like they're good storytellers. Storytellers in the ring, CM Punk and MJF, I think they tell a great story. It's going to be bloody. I'm sure there's going to be blood on on both guys' faces throughout the you know majority of the match. I think it's going to be good. So uh, it's just. They're setting that bar up high, especially when you reference that, when you reference those dog collar matches uh, from before. So you you set that bar for yourself now, CM Punk and MJF. Now you guys got to deliver. Uh, just like I'm sure, like you were bringing up, the match that's going to deliver at Revolution is a triple threat match for the AEW Tag Team Championships. There's going to be two Battle Royals, Jose. Next week is going to be a traditional Tag mm-hmm. Team Battle Royal. In two weeks' time, we're going to have a Casino Tag Team Battle Royal. The two winners are going to be facing Jurassic Express for those AEW Tag Team Championships at Revolution. So many good, ta- there's so many teams that they can put both of these Battle Royals on. They can probably even use separate teams, even though a lot are going to be repeat, I would assume. But you have so many good tag teams that you can literally have two different Battle Royals and still just only have two winners of all, the, all them threat. stables bro all them factions man that's uh that's the AEW way uh let's jump in over here to uh let's jump in over here now to the revolution of the ladder match qualifier we had mr mayhem wardlow going up against platinum max caster with anthony bowens with wardlow getting the win uh we had bowens tried to attack wardlow but that didn't work uh, so looks like we added another person to that matchup, Keith Lee and Wardlow already qualified in that match. That's going to be a banger. Uh, so we also had this incredible <laughs> no disqualification match between Thunder Rosa and um, Mercedes Martinez. I thought that was great. 
they held no bars a little bit of respect shown later on uh so i thought it was really good uh they both showed a lot of what they can do and i love that the women's division in aew is getting better they're you know they're they're starting to break a little bit more boundaries they're bringing in more recognizable names what do you think of this matchup here I thought it was good. It's not as good as uh, the Thunder Rosa versus Britt Baker match, obviously. Some spots was not so easy to watch. There was that segment where uh, Mercedes was going for an elbow drop. She slipped, and it looked like she did really dig her elbow into the face of Thunder Rosa. Uh, when they did the uh, Fisherman Buster onto the sideways table and landing mm. on the bottom side of the table, that looked a little Nasty. scary. Uh, but at the end of it, you know, again, this just goes to show just – you know, how brutal Thunder Rosa can be and how Mercedes Martinez, she's, you know, the hit woman. She got brought in by Dr. Rebecca DMD in order to take out Thunder Rosa, even though she's not the only person that she's been uh, getting assistance from because she does have a sensei, Sensei Kreese, uh, a.k.a. Martin, no Martin Cove of the Karate Kid and uh, the Cobra Kai series. Is Dr. Britt Baker's sensei, and we got to see him at the end of the match, too, because after Mercedes lost to Thunder Rosa, she goes to him, and she's like, like I told you earlier, finisher, no mercy. However, it looks like there is a little bit of a split right now, as Jamie Hayter is the one that took out Mercedes Martinez, because Mercedes didn't want to take out Thunder Rosa after Thunder Rosa showed her that respect, like you mentioned earlier, after the match. So we're probably going to get a tag team match leading up to Revolution. Uh, Mercedes Martinez teaming with Thunder Rosa going up against Jamie Hayter and Dr. Britt Baker, DMD. But again, we just see more and more talent in this women's division. I like to see it. And especially with the signing of AQA, who had a solid showing against Jade Cargill last week, it just keeps getting better and better. So good job to the women actually finally building up that division and see what they can bring heading into Revolution. Completely agree. And guys, just to give you a quick reminder, in a few minutes, uh, we're going to be having WWE Hindi commentator Mihir Joshi joining us here on the show, giving his take on the Sports Keto Wrestling Awards and also his take on NXT 2.0's Vengeance Day and this week's AEW Dynamite. So he's going to be joining us here in less than 10 minutes. So make sure you are sharing, liking, and subscribing uh, to the show. Uh, continuing on here with today's, uh, with this week's AEW Dynamite, we had an, another pretty good tag team matchup here. Jericho and Hager and Proud and Powerful's Santana and Ortiz, the implosion of the inner circle. Eddie Kingston made his way back to AEW, causing a little bit of a distraction going into the show. So Proud and Powerful was able to get the win, now earning that respect from Chris Jericho. But it looks like Jericho now is all a little uh, involved with uh, with yeah. Eddie Kingston. It's Eddie Kingston versus Chris Jericho at Revolution. Yeah, that's that's pretty much pretty much out there for us to see. Uh, which should be a good match. You know, it looks like you know Jericho could be at the end of his contract. Uh, he did sign for I believe it was three years plus an option for a fourth year. And guess what? In September, it's going to be three years since the beginning of AEW. So he might not be. You know, he might be joining his uh other aew alum at another place at another time we shall see which we've seen your comments so yes it was uh nice to have an episode of dynamite without having to hear brandy Rhodes and without you know cody taking up time but 
We'll it was see what still the a good episode without Cody or Brandy, but you know, there's been a lot of talk of Cody. He's been a hot topic this week. Uh, we'll, we'll we'll get him. We're gonna hear his thoughts on that since we'll talk. Since he's gonna be on the show here in a few minutes. Uh, but just to close out AEW Dynamite, we did have this tremendous TNT matchup. Anytime these two guys face each other, they put on a banger of a match, and we're talking about Darby Allen, Sammy Guevara for the TNT title. Sammy Guevara was able to retain the title, but it looks like. Andrade now has his eyes set on that title as he's seen stealing and committing committing grand theft at the end of <laughs> AEW Dynamite. Yeah, so again, like you said, it's great when they have Sammy and Darby. This is two of the four pillars, arguably five. If, you know, if you want to also add in Dr. Baker. Uh, and they just leave it all out there. The stuff that these guys do with their body is ridiculous, especially Sammy when he went for a senton on the apron, knowing, you know, Darby moving out of the way, him landing flat on his back. Uh, him doing the big uh, the big moonsault landing on his feet. I think he did probably, you know, hurt his knee just a little bit. I know he sold as part of the storyline for the rest of the match, but it didn't look good, especially when he hit that Spanish fly when he didn't get the full backwards rotation. He, like, turned yeah. as he was hitting Darby Allen with the Spanish fly. These guys leave it all out there. Is Darby uh, doing the tope? So and, worried about the that suicide, guy, And then getting hit with a cutter in the middle of it. Like, these guys always put on a banger of a match. But, of course, he had to add in the shenanigans now with Andrade trying so hard to sign Darby yeah. Allen to the AHFO. But thanks to Jose, the assistant, and Matt Hardy, he was able to make sure Darby Allen did not get that TNT title. So it looks like the next challenger for Sammy is going to be Andrade. And I think that's going to be a really, really good match between Andrade and Sammy Guevara when they finally face off one-on-one. It's like the you know old and the new. It's like, it could be a nice little... Handing of the you know passing That's the torch definitely like a 2k22 video game matchup right there. Just how many how many flips is Sammy gonna be doing in this match and what craziness is Andrade gonna bring into into this? There's a match? lot of old schoolers that don't like that style, but you know, we are living in a new era of pro wrestling. So guys, sound off in the comments. Let us know what you thought of this week's AEW Dynamite. We'll go over your comments later on in the show. But Rico, it is award season, you know, the Oscars nominations. Just been dropped. The Grammys are going to be here in a few weeks and a few months. Uh, the Oscars as well. It's award season. And here at Sports Keto Wrestling, uh, we decided to take a crack at giving out our own awards. And we have compiled the biggest panelists, the biggest team all around the world pro wrestlers, legends, Hall of Famers, TV personalities, podcasters. Uh, it's It's been a, a big endeavor. And we want to show you the legitimacy of the, you know what i'm just gonna run this vince uh, vince russo promo and telling everyone how legitimate is it and then we're gonna bring on our special guest for today's show mihir joshi from wwe he's hindi commentary so he's gonna be joining us here in just a moment but let's run this vince russo promo so we can hype everyone to vote for the sports keto wrestling award so go ahead and do that now and check this out. I got a little something to say about these Sports Kita Year End Awards. And it's not going to be pretty for the other people doing award shows. Because all these other polls are fixed. They are all homers. Whoever is leading the polls are leading them in a certain direction. There was no trying to convince me one way or another. This was a straight poll. I know a lot of people from Russo's brand. A lot of people were involved in this poll. A lot of great former wrestlers. And I know they were honest to the T. Nobody tried to sway anybody in any way. So I give credit 
to Sports Kita for having the first ever legitimate, let me say that again, legitimate year-end awards. Congratulations to you, Sports Kita. And guys, welcome to the show. Special guest, WWE Handy Commentator, TV show host, the host of the MJ Show, Mihir Joshi. Hey, good to, good to be here with you guys. Uh, and uh, and I love the fact that these awards are happening right now. And uh, like Vince Russo said, the first legitimate wrestling awards. Because, I mean, uh, you've, got, you've got legends, you've got uh, uh, current superstars who are uh, sort of putting in their views on top of it. Uh, you've got people like me who are doing commentary in other countries and, you know, who are doing other stuff. And legitimate fans. Fans, I think uh, the last I saw that over 30,000 votes have already been cut which is pretty insane mm-hmm. so that that's amazing i'm happy to be a part of uh, uh, the first ever sports kida wrestling awards oh we appreciate you coming on to the show i know it's morning over there in india so uh, yeah. so thank you for waking up with us here uh did you catch a little <laughs> bit of aew dynamite did you catch some of nxt uh, i did i did uh, i mean of course i, I watch uh, pretty much everything that happens during the week uh, getting up early in the morning and watching it is a completely different experience but yeah i mean we make it a point to we make it a point to keep up on everything that's happening in the in the wrestling space that's awesome, man. Well, we appreciate you joining us. Uh, we do want to talk a little bit about the Sports Kid Awards. You know, you yourself, you are one of the Hindi commentators. You've been involved in the game now for a while. Uh, and, and I wanted to get your take on some of the categories. For example, the male superstar of the year. There's been tons of votes right now uh, for the uh, male superstar of the year. And just to go over some of these votes, uh, some of these categories and the nominees, so some of our viewers can watch it, can see as well. Let me bring it up here on our screen. But we got some big names to talk about here when it comes to the Sports Keto Wrestling Awards. We got names like Brian Danielson. We got names like CM Punk. Big E, our tribal chief and head of the table, Roman Reigns, and Kenny Omega. So these are big names that are that you fans decided that should be in this poll. And now we're going to vote on who is going to be the male wrestler of the year. So yeah. I want to get your take on these on these nominees and who's your pick for male wrestler of the year. Man, there's there's just no conversation here as far as I'm concerned. I don't think anyone even comes close to Roman Reigns. I know there are going to be people who are going to argue with me and say that, hey, maybe Kenny Omega should be the guy. But you see, if you look at the other people on, on this list, CM Punk, Brian Danielson and Big E, okay, they've had great years, uh, you know, coming into uh, AEW, for instance, for CM Punk and uh, Brian Danielson was phenomenal. But you got to look at the two guys who kind of carried the company for a long time. You know, one was Kenny Omega... Uh, on the AEW side and the other one was Roman Reigns uh, for WWE. And I genuinely don't think anybody has had a more uh, 
gripping storyline, a more gripping character uh, than Roman Reigns. And I think for this generation, he's going to be the biggest uh, star in terms of star power for a very, very long time. I mean, he kind of makes me think back to the days when, you know, you had Ric Flair, you know, being the champion in various territories. And you had, uh, you know, maybe Bruno San Martino who could like be a champion for such a long period of time. Because look at it, he's already been the champion for almost two years. I mean, what, some 500 and something days, which is pretty insane. And uh, at no point of time during his reign has it felt like, uh, okay, the story is beginning to dip or his character is beginning to flounder. So I think for me, for sure, uh, Roman Reigns is like a clear winner uh, in this category, at least for this year. <laughs> what about you, Rico? Out of, out of those five men, I mean, you have to agree with me here. We have to all acknowledge our tribal chief. Of course, like the way he described it is completely right. It really comes down to two people. It is really Kenny Omega and Roman Reigns. But you got to remember, Kenny Omega was a four-time champion at this point, holding out the AEW championship, holding the AAA mega championship. He went and he also took the Impact championship. So he was holding all these belts. But you're right. I have to agree with I give it to Roman Reigns. I acknowledge the tribal chief. I voted for him. Uh, but I totally do, man. But it's, yeah, I voted for Roman now, another interesting category that we have also on the wrestling uh, sports, you know, wrestling awards is the best comeback of the year. Now, we've had a lot of people return to wrestling. We've had people come back from injury, but there's five particular people that we do have to talk about when it comes to the uh, best comebacks and Brock Lesnar. We had Becky Lynch, who came back from giving birth. And, I mean, looking in incredible shape. She was way ahead of time. W. Morrissey, who I had the pleasure of interviewing last year, who's making a tremendous comeback on Impact. Christian Cage over on AEW. And, of course, CM Punk returning to the ring for the first time in seven years. Mihir, I want to get your thoughts on this because these are all just crazy choices, especially in the yeah. latter half of last year. Man, I'm going to go with the goosebumps factor here. You know, I mean, even thinking about it right now, I'm, I'm getting goosebumps. I don't think anybody had the kind of impact that CM Punk did when he came back. I mean, the fans were clamoring for it. And here's the thing, guys, uh, when CM Punk was actively wrestling, I wasn't the biggest CM Punk fan. I've been a wrestling fan for about 25 years now. I've been watching since I was a teenager. But uh, even when he was at the peak of his career at WWE, I wasn't that invested into the CM Punk character. I mean, of course, I loved him, but he wasn't my favorite guy at that point in time. While he was that for a lot of people, people loved him, people loved the storyline. And, and insanely enough, uh, despite being in the entertainment industry for about 18 years, I'm straight edge. So I, I kind of identify with everything that CM Punk is. But I wasn't a huge fan back then. But when he came back, oh my God, the music, the eruption that happened in the crowd, people crying, uh, it was just goosebumps. Like, I mean, thinking about it right now, if I can get goosebumps, that's a moment that I'm going to remember as a wrestling fan for the rest of my life. I mean, for sure, without a doubt, the biggest comeback of the year was uh, CM Punk. I think it's definitely one of the most talked about comebacks of the year. <coughs> did you say, Rico? Oh, of course. Like, it was, to me, it was always a matter of when, not if, that he was going to come mm -hmm. back to AEW. So, of course, the second that... Uh, the cult of personality hits, and you knew, and you knew it was him. He was here. He's officially back. Just like you said, you got that goosebumps factor. But you also have the ponytail and the final boss, and that is Brock Lesnar. 
And you have Becky Lynch, who never lost her title, coming back and beating Bianca Belair in SummerSlam in, what, less than 40 seconds? They were all yeah. big. But you know the one I did vote for, Jose? And it was because, like you said, we got to meet him at WrestleCon. And just seeing the transformation and getting to speak with him and actually finding out his story, his journey, is yeah. W. Morrissey. And Absolutely. all the things that he had to go through, you know, going through rehab, finding himself, you know, getting back into ring shape. And now look at him. He's going to be facing off against Moose this Saturday. So, you know, for that Impact Championship. So just knowing it personally, you know, it was a little bit more biased. But I actually voted for W. Morrissey just because, you know, just the whole personal journey that he's gone on to get That's to where nice. he is today. I completely agree. You know, we, we, just like you mentioned, we do know Morrissey at a personal level and what he's told us, but off camera, what he's dealt with. And it, it's, it's, you know, it's type that one, the type of Cinderella story where, you know, the comeback, you know, so that's also a, a great story, but you know, CM Punk is, is a nostalgic act. You know, he's seven years into the making eight now and people were really clamoring for it. You know, people were chanting for it on a weekly basis on WWE yeah. TV. So for the fact that now the fans got him back on TV is a great thing for a wrestling fan, period. So uh, let's jump into our last category here, which I think is an important one. Feud of the year. Feud of the year is very important because without a feud, you have no story. You have no TV. You have no a, a weekly episodic television we wouldn't have a job and Mahir wouldn't have a job right Mahir <laughs> there you go absolutely man so jumping in to the feud of the year categories we have Seth freaking Rollins versus Edge we have Roman Reigns versus John Cena we got Kenneth Omega <laughs> versus Adam Page Hikaroshida versus Serena Deeb and CM Punk Versus MJF. Who's your pick for this category here, Mahir? Man, uh, these are all fantastic feuds. I mean, these were the stories that kept fans invested, that made people want to watch, uh, you know, their favorite show, whether it was Dynamite, whether it was Raw, it was SmackDown, uh, week on week. But just because of the promo battles that have happened, the insane level of uh, you know, storytelling that happened in the ring. I got to go with MJF and CM Punk. I mean, I, like I said, my my male superstar of the year, without a doubt, is Roman Reigns. And I would have probably picked any storyline that he was a part of. But <laughs> in this in this one particular case, I'm going to have to go with MJF and CM Punk because, good Lord, man, their storytelling is phenomenal. Like, I want to watch their promo I, I, I'd just be happy watching them do promos for another three months before they get into a, a match because it's just gold every time uh, they talk in front of each other. So, yeah, for me, uh, it's I, I got to give just for the promo abilities, I got to give it to uh, MJF and CM Punk. Yeah, I think that's a solid choice. They do they do uh, produce incredible promos uh, every single time they do get on the mic with each other and just building that anticipation to a match. Yeah, I, I think it is going to be great come revolution. However, in my opinion, I think when it comes to a feud, when it's something, when you have a story that is so well 
done and said and come across not only from a promo standpoint, but from a match standpoint, how can you not go with Edge versus Seth freaking Edge Rollins? Was, oh, yeah, for yeah, sure. Because because the culmination with the Hell in the Cell alone and the storytelling inside of that match was just something that, you know, you would probably you could probably produce a master class on. That's how yeah. good it was. You know, the, these youngsters need to take a, a tip from that feud and apply it to what they're doing so they can learn how to tell a story on TV. Rico, yeah. what about you, man? Ironically enough, there was three that were on, you know, I, I couldn't decide until I ultimately made the decision. You guys mentioned two of them, but the one that I ultimately went with was the one that's been in the making for two years that finally saw its culmination from the beginning of the promotion in AEW. I was there at the announcement pep rally over there in Daly's, pra- Daly's place in front of TIAA Bank Field. It is Kenny Omega and Hangman Adam Page just for the long-term storybooking that it took two years to get to this point from them mm-hmm. being enemies to being allies to being tag team champions to falling apart to Will they, won't they ever get the match from Hangman not having the opportunity to finally having the opportunity? Everybody that was involved with the Young Bucks, Dark Order, all of this culminated to this one storyline, this one nexus point in AEW when Hangman finally got the one win over Kenny Omega for that AEW championship. Now, I'm not saying what happened afterwards and all that stuff is the best that's happening, but the story that led to it, the feud that led to the match, I got behind. And not to mention... I didn't want to give it to CM Punk and MJF because it's still going and it's still getting better. So I feel that's a lot of recency bias. I almost went with Seth and Edge just because of the match that the way they built up those matches leading into Hell in the Cell. So those are two good ones. But overall, I like the two year long ride that we got to see between Kenny and Hangman finally getting that AEW championship off of the cleaner. Guys, uh, I would highly suggest if you haven't gone and voted yet, what are you waiting for? We still got you still got two more weeks so you can put your votes in. We have more than 30,000 votes right now. You can head over to sportskita.com forward slash wrestling dash award so you can go ahead and participate in this once in a lifetime poll conducted by you guys. All right, you guys have the power. There's no editorials changing the votes or nominating or being biased. This is something that's powered by you guys because you are wrestling fans and so are we. So we really appreciate you guys uh, doing that. Go ahead right now, sportskeeda.com forward slash wrestling dash awards. Mahir, you want to talk a little bit about this week? You want to talk a little bit about AEW and NXT? Man, uh, this was a fantastic week on NXT. Vengeance Day last year was brilliant. Vengeance Day this year was pretty amazing too. I think NXT has been consistently putting up great matches. Even with this NXT 2.0, the guys that they have there are really hungry. They want to deliver great matches. And I think they they did that yesterday. Uh, And... You know, Dynamite is always fun. I mean, I've been a WWE fan pretty much all my life, but I'm loving watching AEW right now as well because there are some uh, fantastic superstars there. There are some great storylines that are happening over there. So, I mean, I think uh, both both this week's episodes were were fantastic. I, I know you. Guys, I heard you guys talk about uh, Vengeance Day. Uh, uh, I mean, about Dynamite just a little while ago. What do you guys feel about Vengeance Day uh, from yesterday? Which was your favorite match out of the few matches that happened yesterday? Uh, the Vengeance 
Wednesday card was absolutely great. I thought it was a good show from uh, from beginning to ending. But I thought my favorite match of the night was actually the opening match with Pete Dunne and Tony D'Angelo that did the wow. weaponized cage match. Well, I thought yeah. was very brutal. I love that Pete Dunne got a decisive win on D'Angelo, yep. so now he can move on to finally get that title match that he so so longly deserves man that guy has been deserving a title match a one-on-one title match for such a long time and hasn't been able to get one and now i think he's gonna get that opportunity at carmelo hayes that match was absolutely insane and i love the segment with la knight and grayson waller you know the tables got turned on him that was that's always fun uh but it was just all around a solid show dolph ziggler getting in uh, interrupting uh, the Braun Breaker matchup with Santos Escobar kind of throwing up a little bit of interference, but that still wasn't enough to stop Braun Breaker. Braun Breaker's on the hell of a roll right now. So, yeah. is, but but that opening weaponized cage match was kind of insane. I, I got to give it, I, I got to agree with that, man. The weaponized steel cage, I mean, the cage match was ridiculous. Like the kind of stuff that we saw happening yesterday was uh, phenomenal, but I, 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 I'm really impressed with Mandy Rose and everything that she's doing right now in NXT with uh, Toxic Attraction and how uh, last week she was able to retain her title. This week, uh, you know, uh, the JC Jane and Gigi Dolan were able to retain their titles. Uh, Toxic Attraction has all the gold and it, it kind of takes me back a little bit to the Attitude Era, which was kind of what I watched growing up. Uh, and, you know, you had... Uh, I mean, see, okay, I get it. You know, the, the wrestling has evolved tremendously, but I love the fact that NXT 2.0 is beginning to feel like, oh, there's a lot more stuff that can happen, which is not happening on uh, the main WWE television. So I think uh, mm-hmm. uh, seeing what Toxic Attraction is doing is is excellent. I love what Braun Breaker is doing, man. I think uh, uh, he's sort of the breakout star on NXT 2.0 right now. And uh, I definitely see him getting onto the main roster in a year, maybe a year and a half from now. And I think he's the kind of person who would do really well even on uh, Raw or SmackDown. So uh, these are the two guys from NXT 2. I mean, the two, one faction and one uh, individual who I'm really excited about in NXT 2.0. You guys are talking about Braun Breaker and Toxic Attraction, but you got to remember, there's an A-champ on the show, and his name is Carmelo Hayes. And when he shoots, he don't miss the same way he didn't miss when, you know, when you had Cameron Grass trying to go to the moon, and he just shoots it down. That's exactly what I'm talking about because the, 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 the show was so stacked with so many good matches. That Carmelo Hayes and Cameron Grime match, they get that actually that match actually had the most time on the card on the show, yeah. And it it was so good, yeah. It it was, but he got an assist, you got to give it, you know, he's not, uh, he's always getting assists to be able to retain the title, which is great. I mean, okay, that's 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 the thing, that's what a heel's supposed to do, right, Mahir? That is that is true, which is what I'm saying. So I think he's doing his part really, really well. Carmelo Hayes is without a doubt an interesting character to watch every week, and you know I think uh, uh, even even during the time when they were uh, looking out, uh, what, what was the storyline where they try where they were trying to find the belt uh, a couple of weeks ago, three four weeks ago around the Halloween time, and that was that was interesting stuff. <laughs> Yeah, that's uh, I think that that's probably more the Bruce Pritchard writing. Card, you know, <laughs> they, they got to that. 
you know, that, that <laughs> part of things. It wasn't that. It was okay. It was it was interesting. Uh, but one thing that was actually really interesting that I that I thought that it was really cool, the Dusty Final Cup, the Dusty Cup Final. This was great. I thought MSK was possibly going to get that back-to-back year win. But we saw yeah. the Creed Brothers. Man, the Creed Brothers are right now on another level. I love yep. their in-ring style. That They mix the amateur wrestling with the pro wrestling, which I can appreciate being an amateur wrestler myself back in the day. Uh, so I love these guys, and I think these guys can get called up really soon, too. These guys have that look and that attitude and that aggression that I can see them on a Raw or on a SmackDown. What do you think, Mahir? Uh, I, you know, when I when I watched them, uh, in fact, I had the pleasure of actually calling their uh, semi-final match live on television. And uh, you know, when when you're watching the match live and you you're calling the action, you kind of get even more deeply invested into it. And it was phenomenal, man. I mean, it's the kind of stuff that you you saw back in the day when Kurt Angle had his faction, and you know, you had these uh, amateur, uh, uh, you know, wrestlers who were doing phenomenal pro wrestling and you know you you believed everything that they did it felt real it felt uh you know really gripping so i i thought i thought they were brilliant last week i thought they were brilliant yesterday i mean just the ending alone man oh my god the impact that uh you know they had uh, and to to win the cup i think that was that was phenomenal and i completely agree i can see them coming up uh, very soon i can see them in a in a storyline against alpha academy that would be perfect because uh you know with chad gable having the kind of uh, you know, amateur wrestling background that he does to be fighting against a couple of young young guys like uh, the Creed brothers that would that'd be pretty interesting to watch. Rico, what's your uh, what's your take here on on the Creed brothers not only just winning but possibly beating be, being the ones to beat Imperium for those NXT tag team titles? I wouldn't be mad at it. Like we've been seeing it over the last few weeks, the crowd is really starting to get behind the Creed Brothers. They they've really found their niche as a tag team. Of course, having the mouthpiece in Malcolm Bivens always helps. Uh, but yeah, I can easily see them getting the win over Imperium. And just like you guys are saying, like these are two guys you can easily see get called up. I think what Mahir said is great. Like that'd be a great first feud against Alpha Academy. Uh, imagine if you wind up you know, separating them from Diamond Mine and say you bring in like a Kurt Angle to be one of their managers or you have them aligning with at some point Chad Gable, like to bring that amateur background, getting that team angle kind of vibes that we got from before. I think it's it's great. And we're actually really seeing 2.0 finding their niche now. Like they're starting to really find those characters that are working, building on them. The other ones, you know, let's find other ways to kind of approach it, like a new cousin. So, you know, they're they're finding their niche here and we got to see it in this amazing card. You're seeing this talent in Tony D'Angelo, in uh, obviously mm. Grayson Waller, the Grayson Waller effect, as they're eventually going to get their match soon, LA Knight versus Grayson. Uh, but having Carmelo Hayes continue on as North American champ, the Creed brothers winning the uh, Dusty Cup final, like in still with a great showing from MSK. Now we have Braun Breaker, of course, getting the win over Santos, but we even have Solo Sokoa stepping up to Gunta. So that's going to be one hard-hitting affair. So you know what? You got to give it to 2.0. They're starting to get that Ma- groove. Mahir, I want to get your up. take on something. I want to get your take on... <laughs> I want to get your take on the name change. On the name change. You, you've been following calling matches for years now. When you saw the name change from Walter to Gunta, what Gunta! was your initial thoughts? Or, or is this Gunta. something... Jose? It's Gunta! <laughs> 
Or is, that, is this something you can get behind? Can you get behind Junta or do you prefer Walter? Man, see, I, I don't get it, okay? I just don't get it. He, he was picking Walter for the longest time, one of the longest reigning champions in wrestling. Like, okay, he's re- really invested into it because you can see it on screen. Like, okay, he wants he wants people to get behind the name. But uh, you could hear it even when he was in the ring and when they were making the announcement, when they were saying Gunt- Gunther, and then he cor- corrected and said it should be Gunther. And the crowd is chanting Walter. I mean, come on, man, guys. Come on, this is not some new kid who did five matches and then you said, okay, you know what, that, that earlier gimmick that you had wasn't working. Let's put you into a new gimmick. This is not even a new gimmick. It's the same guy doing the same thing with a different name, which makes zero sense. Like, okay, if they change, yeah, I know. Yeah, man, I get it. I get it. They want to, it's all about the branding. They want the rights. And But seriously, man, come on. You can't not work with Walter. It's like, it was such a good name and he was one of the best champions that they had in NXT, uh, NXT UK and it, it makes no sense to me. Sad. <laughs> yes, you definitely did. Yeah, but you're absolutely 100% right on that, Mahir. Uh, let's, uh, let's jump into this main event here. Let's talk about Braun Breaker. Let's talk about Santos. We, we mentioned that Braun is looking absolutely insane. He's looking great. Uh, looking like he'll be called up pretty soon. Who knows how soon he'll be called up, but that's how good he is. But he had an incredible match with Santos Escobar. If it weren't for Dolph Ziggler, this could have been like a a really one of the most talked about matches because Braun is all about the intensity, about about the speed, about the agility, about the power, right? Santos is all about not only the agility, but he's about breaking you down mentally. Yep, you know, bringing you know, breaking you down. So two totally different styles. You got the styles of lucha libre from Santos, and then you just got the powerhouse style of grinding and powerfulness from Braun Breaker. Two, but they say that styles make matches, and I feel like this. If if we wouldn't have had any type of interference with this whole Dolph Ziggler situation, I feel like this match could have been that much better. What do you think, Mahir? So, you know, I, I like the fact that Dolph Ziggler is being used on NXT because genuinely, I think he's a phenomenal guy who's been wasted pretty much on the main roster. And he's bringing a ton of star power and a lot of uh, eyes to NXT because for whatever it counts, for for people who are casual fans, for people who have not really checked out NXT 2.0, when they hear that, okay, there's a, there's a feud in which Dolph Ziggler, who's a recognized name, okay, he's not... Randy Orton, he's not, uh, you know, he's not uh, Goldberg, but, you know, he's still a recognized name, you know, multi-time champion. He's pretty much achieved everything for him to come back, get into a storyline, get Tommaso Ciampa involved, involved, who is basically NXT 1.0, you know, to have all of these things happening together is interesting. I mean, like, it was inevitable that Dolph Ziggler would get in, involved with the uh, with the match in some way. But I, I didn't really hate it that much. I thought the match was fantastic. And I, I love Braun Breaker. He kind of makes... I just mentioned Goldberg right now. He kind of takes me back to the that Goldberg era when, you know, Goldberg was huge in WCW and he'd come in and destroy pretty much everything. Super powerful guy, super... Uh, you know, focused and intense kind of a guy. I think Braun Breaker is definitely going to be able to carry that kind of a superstar uh, feel and look in, into this generation. But I think 
I like what they're doing with the storyline, getting Dolph Ziggler involved, getting Tommaso Ciampa involved. I think it's it's going to make for an interesting story uh, in the next pay per view. Uh, what, what's the pay per view around? Um, uh, stand um, and deliver. Stand and deliver. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, around in the WrestleMania weekend. So yeah, that should be that should be great. Rico, what about you? What do you think of this uh, main event? Oh, you guys said everything that really needs to be said. The only thing is going to be, you know, when are they going to decide to finally bring Braun Baker up? You know, who is he going to actually drop the title to to continue on the legacy that is NXT 2.0? Because it was all written in the stars. Like when Tommaso Ciampa was still champion and you bring up Braun Breaker and then the whole story about, you know, you're not ready, young pup. You know, that whole storyline, bring him up along, finally losing the title to Braun Breaker. It's only a matter of when, not if, he's going to get called up to the main roster. But I do like how they're influxing this talent from the main roster. We saw AJ Styles, you know, a couple months ago getting involved with the Grayson Wall effect. Like, if, as long as you keep using them to, to keep propelling the younger guys in NXT mm-hmm. 2.0, then I think it's a great idea. I think somebody missing, missing, uh, missing, mentioned it earlier. I think it was Chris Aldridge was saying, it would be great if the glorious Bobby Roode came back. Not the oh. dirty dog robbery that we have right now. Bring them back in the suits, trying to put CEOs in chairs. Have those kind of guys make that impact that are you know popular with NXT. Kind of show that you know it's a cha- you know kind of like passing of the torch. You know, like, yeah. Use these yeah. older guys to really get these young guys along to show them how it's done, and it's just nice to show some cohesion between NXT. Raw or SmackDown now when you had Tommaso Ciampa show up on Monday Night Raw on commentary during Dolph Ziggler's night. Like, those are great things to keep NXT on par. Like, we know it's developmental, mm-hmm. but you're holding in higher esteem as opposed to before. You know, it, that's what you would have the Walter become Gunta because you changed him from NXT to the main roster and it, it was a completely different world. Now those worlds are intertwined. So it, I think it's, you know, you know, one hand helping the other and I'm looking forward to what we're going to have, you know, this match of uh, Dolph Ziggler versus Tommaso Ciampa and possibly even a triple threat match, you know, for Braun Breaker's NXT Championship at Stand and Deliver. So I like what they're doing with this. Uh, Jose, I got to I got to add one more thing. I like the fact that uh, Tommaso Ciampa is is very deeply involved in the story, but at the same time, I know he's wrestling matches on main event right now. He's getting ready to very likely come onto the main roster at some point of time as well. You, we already saw him on Raw last week as well. I mean, on this week, this week's Raw. What's interesting is it feels like Tommaso Ciampa is on his way out of NXT. And while he's doing that, he's really, really elevating the NXT uh, title storyline. He's making it feel so much more important. And he's giving it, uh, you know, he's saying that this is my house. This is the, you know, this is the place that I built. This is the place that I put on my shoulders and took it to this level, you know. And, and being here is not, you know, all the things that he said in his promo this year that, you know, me wanting to be here is not out of fear, but it's because of the love that I have for this place. It's interesting that at the end of it, I think he's going to get out of that place and go on to the main roster. But this is a heck of a way to go, you know, because this is a, this is the way you go out of that place, uh, really make it feel special and op- keep the door open to coming back there at any point in time and saying, hey, that was my house. Okay, I'm here on Raw now, but I can keep coming back to NXT to sort of shake things up and hold people accountable. So I think it's I think they're doing a great job with uh, with Tommaso Ciampa and bringing in like a big, big name like Dolph Ziggler into the into the equation. That's fantastic too. 
-hmm. yeah i think it's about it's all about the leaving it better than when you found it type of mentality mm -hmm. right with uh with tommaso champa he wants to yep. leave it better for broad breaker so broad breaker can leave it better for the next generation so i think that's what he's mm -hmm. trying to do and the story is being told beautifully so yep. uh let's jump into a few questions here before we let you go here mahir we have a fan sure. question here uh, asking Victor Nash, it's a quick off-topic question. What are your thoughts on a match that should be in AEW on March 11th, the Lucha Bros versus Dem Boys, the Briscoes at HOG Wrestling? There's been a lot of hype behind the Dem Boys, uh, the Briscoes heading to AEW. A lot of fans want to see this match in, in AEW, and the fact that it's not happening has a lot of fans a little bit pee, uh, pissed off. What, what's your take on here, Mahir? Man, uh, it's, I, I think AEW has become the genuine alternative to, you know, WWE and uh, the Briscoes have been talked about for such a long time. Uh, they've had such an incredible uh, run in uh, ROH and, and now that they've, they've got the opportunity to go anywhere, it's going to happen. And, and, you know, to see them against the Lucha Bros, that's going to be one hell of a match, man. I mean, uh, I, I can see why fans are clamoring for it. I can see why people are really excited about that match uh, wanting to happen. And I think it's just about... it's. It's a matter of when and not if. It's it's. I, I definitely see that happening because the Briscoes. I mean, they gotta go. If you've left uh, at such a peak from one promotion, you want to go to a place where you are at a higher level. And right now, the the alternative for them is AEW. I mean, of course, I don't see any reason why WWE wouldn't be interested in them either. But the kind of style that they have, I think that fits in a lot more with AEW than it does with WWE. There, there is a little thing happening in two weeks. Let me hear it. It's called a casino tag team battle royal where you yeah. kind of need a joker. So don't be surprised if that final entrance, that joker card gets flipped over and it's them boys, the Briscoes, making their AEW debut. Yeah, yeah, that would be good. There's a battle royal next week as well, right? Uh, you guys were talking about that. And the winner of that and this battle royal will face off against the Lucha Bros. Uh, the Jurassic Express. It's going to be Jurassic, Jurassic oh, Express. Jurassic Express. I'm sorry. Yeah, this yeah. face off for the, for the titles. I, I would love it to be Lucha Bros because uh, they're my tag team of the year. By the way, make sure you guys go vote <laughs> in the Sports Theater Wrestling Awards. Uh, but yeah, uh, it's, it could very well be Red Dragon and the Young Bucks versus Jurassic Express for the AEW yeah. Championship at Revolution, March 6th in Orlando. Certainly going to be interesting here in the next few weeks uh, while we build up to Revolution. Uh, guys, we want to thank you so much for hanging out with us and spending some time here. I want to thank Mahir for spending you, his bro. morning you, here with us here on the Debrief on Sports Keto Wrestling talking about the Sports Keto Awards. Guys, make sure you get your votes in right now at sportsketo.com forward slash wrestling dash awards. All right. Get it in right now. Don't let your vote go to waste. Don't let your voice be silent. Let us know who your favorite superstars of the year are. Go ahead and sound off and vote now. Go ahead and do that. Make sure you subscribe to our YouTube channel. We are right around the corner from 26,000 subscribers. So we want to thank you so much to every single one of you for liking, sharing, and subscribing. And make sure if you're following us on Facebook, make sure you set your notifications to see first so you never miss whenever we drop brand new videos, brand new content, or whenever we have breaking news stories. So make sure you have all those notifications set to that. All right, guys. But here, thank you so much for joining us. Make sure you follow me here at Mahir Joshi Music. Follow him on Instagram. Follow him on Twitter. 
thank you so much for joining us. Did you enjoy being on the show? Hey, that was that was so much fun. I had a great time. And most importantly, what you just said right now to everybody watching, uh, this is a phenomenal uh, award ceremony that's happening. The first one where the fans are actually making the decision. So, guys, get involved. Uh, vote. Somebody just rang my bell. This is the, this is the joy of being in a studio which is at home. But yeah, thank you, thank you guys for having me here today, man. I had a great time. I'll see you guys soon. I appreciate you guys. So, all right, as always, remember, <laughs> gentlemen, ladies and gentlemen, when you guys are watching wrestling, you have to do the most important thing, which is what we go. Enjoy it. Enjoy wrestling. Yeah, let's get out of here. Have a good night. Watch out, watch out, watch out, watch out.